I'm Alexandra Legui. This is Mindset Unfiltered. Today's chat is extremely raw, emotional and open. Glenn McCrory's boxing career was anything but smooth sailing. He reflects on his life, the highs and lows of the golden era, how he celebrated after defeating Patrick Killer Lumumba by unanimous decision to win the IBF World Cruiserweight title, how he coped with the aftermath of the loss against Lennox Lewis. We cover the mindset of a boxer, training, weight, what it takes to be a champion, what really happens mentally before, during and after a match. And he is honest, brilliantly and so bravely honest about the depression that has followed him around for much of his life like a dark mist, even more so as a result of this awful pandemic and a darkness that is ever so present right now, today, even as we spoke. We delve into that and how he copes, how he puts one step in front of the other, even on the hardest of days. This is, as always, a hugely inspirational chat. Meet simply irresistible Glenn McCrory. Glenn McCrory, you are, are you 56? 56. 56. Yeah. And it's been 27 years then it must be. 26 years since your last fight. My last fight was um, 93, I think. About 28 years. Wow, 28 years. Yeah, that was my last fight. You're about to get back in the ring. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. It's um, we we've got a fight organised with Roy Jones Jr., who's the five weight world champion, who I commentated on his fights yeah. in my career, and is you know is is one of the greatest of all time. So um, that's that's it's kind of hit the buffers a little bit, which is why I'm you know I'm. I'm uh, the last week or so has been really frustrating because Simon Whittle from Tough Boxing, who was putting the fight on, is either in a, an induced coma with COVID. Oh, or, please God, I think they brought him out last night. Um, so so it's kind of... Um, yeah, it's kind of... So I don't know what's happening. So hopefully we'll find out in the next few days. I know... You know, rose up for the fight. There's lots. You know, there was the venue was all penciled in and everything was gone. But then we've kind of just been. It's very typical of boxing. You just get thrown a curveball and then and you know, I mean, please God, he's okay and and we can get it. We can get it sorted as soon as possible. God, I really hope you do. Why, mm. why all being well, you know, and it all goes ahead. Why? Why did you accept the challenge? Do you know, I, I was, I was, I was really struggling, and I've struggled, um, I've, I've struggled over many, many years. Um, you know, with, with my childhood, with my my, my brother, my, my adopted brother who, who was severely disabled and then subsequently died. So I've I've struggled for many years with mental health, but you know, like. Uh, Big Geordie boxer, you just kind of um, try and cope the way you, you can um, and get by the way you can, which which has been a real struggle. But then the lockdown came, and you know, at first I thought I was very strong and and you know everything be okay, but then it just got nothing. There was just nothing, no work, 
you know, no family, no, no nothing. And it just got, it got really dire, um, you know, to the point of giving up, you know, just giving up on myself. And, um, and then that, this sort of the, and then, you know, at first it seemed a joke when Roy Jones called me out and, and then it, it really perked me up. It really sort of got me focused and give me, a, give me something to live for because I, I had given up and didn't really want to go on. Um, it got that bad. I was in a really, really dark place. So, um, so yeah, so that's brightened it up. I, if I'm honest, if I'm absolutely honest, the last couple of weeks have been really tough because um, the promoter is, is ill. So, um, you know, and you know, you know, you've kind of just took a couple of steps backwards. So it's just trying to it's trying to stay focused and hoping. Um, we get some good news. We get some good you, news. Um, when you say that you struggle, how does that manifest in you? Um, I think getting getting sort of you just become um, you get really low, um, really down. Finishing, you know, getting out of this life constantly on your mind, and you keep trying to get rid of that. You keep trying to like throw that. You know, that's something. You know, my little brother fought for fought fought for life and didn't and I barely had one um and you know you, all of your, your little children are going through your head and all this sort of stuff so it's a constant it's a constant sort of fight with any sort of purpose and as I say you know be, over the years I've had a very good life and a very blessed life and you know I've, I've done some amazing things and you know sat doing what I love commentating on, you know, being ringside and around the greatest fights of all time. Um, and all of a sudden, when that was kind of taken away, it's, it's your life's been taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're who you are, what you are. You know, your reason, there's no reason to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason. And then, you know, I would, I'm, all, I'm from an Irish family and, and you know, all my family were big drinkers and so you know the first thing you do is 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 drink um you know because that takes away that that takes away the pain that takes away what you're going through for a while and then it all comes back the next day twice as bad yeah and you you're on this you're on this cycle so the fight the fight um really helped me because it got me focused and it was i got out of boxing because i was I was really badly, my you know, abused. Was <laughs> I think it was, you know, it was it was terrible my career because, you know, they they just I, I'm from a very nice family, parents, uh, lovely parents, and very trusting. And you know, you kind of trust everybody, and everybody I trusted let me down. Everybody I trusted stole off me. Um, you know, and I was on the dole when I won the world title live on you know on ITV on a massive Saturday fight night. Um you know and I barely come off the dole when I won. And then you know fighters complain about you know having bad you know bad things done to them and it, it obviously has happened many times but mine was just criminal. You know it was absolutely criminal. My my defense of the title my my promoter and manager brought the fight forward knowing I couldn't make the weight. 
let me almost kill myself to make the weight. Um, then when I lost the, the title, which I knew I would, um, in a horrible dehydrated state, they then he then left with my money and I never saw him again. Wow. America. So so that was, you know, that was really bad. Um, you know, so the I got I got out of boxing. I retired at 25. I was world champion at 24 and I retired at 25 because, you know, I was making, I, I had nothing. I had been making no money. I had nothing. And it was, um, it was really bad treatment. Um, and then, you know, I got, it was great. I fell into um, a great job with, with Sky Sports um, and had great, you know, and that was always something that really kept me, really kept me um, going. You know, it was a reason to live. It was, it was great. But I kind of put the me boxing to one side. So then when this came up, to go back in the ring, it, it seemed it almost seemed like a payback in a way. Yeah. But finally I'd get my finally I'd get what I deserved. Yeah. Um and it was really good to go back to the gym because my I, I wasn't a fighter that got beat up over the years. Yo got into my thirties and I was you know, I was out of boxing in, before I even got to my peak. Mm. So when you got back in the gym, it was kind of, you just felt, felt 27 again. Yeah. Felt 27 again. It, 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 you know, so it's been great. It's been great. And my son's been training me and it's been really, it's really lifted me a bit. But I, 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 I'm very aware that the darkness is not far away. Mm. It just sort of, it kind of follows me like, you know, like a, like a, you know, like a curse. Um, and I've had mental health, you know, help this year. Um, and I've help, had help with alcohol, um, which, you know, they, they, I'm very strong-willed. And, and if, if it, if I want to, if there's a reason, I can just stop doing whatever. I can go on diets. I can stop drinking. I can do whatever if I want to do it. Mm. Or, you know, when you get, when you get depressed, you kind of, yeah. then you don't care. Yeah. You know, and it's almost, I would use, I would use alcohol like a, like a way of hurting myself. I, I, you know, and if I'm honest, I like, I like a glass of, I like a glass of red wine and, and an odd Guinness, but I don't really like alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> not, so yeah, it's not something that's pleasurable. Uh, no, it's not. It, and it's, it's so it becomes something. Yeah, it's a self harm, a form. Yeah, self harm. Mm -hmm. It's self harm, and it's um, you know, and when 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 you're training, when your mind's in the right, it's it's beautiful. It's it's great. You know, you think you you realize you've got so much to live for. You've got so much going on, and you know you're you're very blessed. But then when the when the darkness comes over. Ah, and you, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people have suffered, but you, you kind of don't want it. Yeah. But you just, you, can, you know, you, you, you really don't want it to happen, but it just comes away. Yeah, it, like, trying to keep hold of it when you, when you can, when you can see it coming, like having, trying to keep hold of that before it hits mm. is that is that fine line isn't there because once it hits then like you say you sort of lose the ability to help yourself and you lose yeah. like, the rational brain 
goes out the window, doesn't it? So it's not, you know, once people are in a state of depression, it's really hard. It's very easy for someone on the outside to be like, right, pull yourself together, go and do some exercise, eat healthier, stop drinking, blah, 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 blah. But that's a rational person's thought process. When you're depressed, you don't give a crap about any of those things. You know that they'll help you, but the idea of going to do some exercise is the worst thing ever, isn't it? Like it's... no, you no. have come out no. of it slightly in order to be able to even do those positive things. And I love it. I love it when and I when know, I Yes, it. you know that, yeah. I love it. But you're, you're absolutely right. Somehow you can't do that. It, yeah. it almost like gets a hold of you. And then being the sort of person I am, I'm, I'm a very, um, yeah, I'm all or nothing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I'm, if I'm out, like, just don't, don't bother me. And everything I do, a year and a half ago, I climbed the eighth highest mountain in the world, which was completely nuts. But it, it's kind of, yeah. you know, that for me was another, was a, you know, I did it because I could get killed. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I did it. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there's no rationale there because it's completely bonkers. But I just said yes. And I've done that. And, and you, know, I've, you know, God blessed me and, and kept me safe. But I've done so much. Put my, you know, I'd go on holiday to, to the favelas in Brazil and, and Mexico and all, you know, in dangerous, dangerous situations, and and you know that 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 was my idea of a holiday. Yeah. I'll take myself to Colombia and stuff like that. It would, I, can, uh, I can completely relate. I mean, to that. It's, it's, adrenaline that's fueling. There's a part of you that kind of wants it over. Mm-hmm. And you're almost daring yourself. You're almost, and it's it's um, yeah, it's it's scary. It's. Do you think that it's partly um, when you're in those sorts of conditions? There's something rewarding in. I did that. I climbed the mountain. I could have died, but I did it. I survived. I went to the darkest places of places like Brazil, but I survived. I came out and I thrived. There's something that creates a real energy in yourself rather than just existing which i think that the the pandemic and lockdown has has forced everybody to exist on the same plane and mm. if you're designed to do to ride the wave like that then you, and you're missing those highs mm. then kind of all you're left with is lows because people like you and i would relate to that cannot mm. function on that that single plane right. and so the kind of the only way to go is like yeah it down and i think you touched on earlier by saying that um that that you sort of because you're not doing any of the things that you love so you're not doing the things that you identify yourself with so you're not currently you sort of like i last year was like i'm not a presenter right now because i'm not presenting which is so then what am i if i'm not a presenter what am i mm. and that can i can can you can start to go to get a little bit confused, can't you? Because because everyone's just waking up and uh, kind of doing nothing, and yeah. I'm, we're not people who do nothing. Existing, existing is no fun. Not acceptable. It's no. Just, <laughs> it's, it's not, existing is not life. Yeah. And that's 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 really what. And, and I didn't think I didn't think it would affect me, you know, the way it did. I didn't think it would get me so so low. And you know, even the sunshine of the day, you know, I'm, I'm forcing myself to go and do something. I'm forcing myself 
you know, I don't want to. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it's an effort. Yeah. Just do something nice. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, I'm still by myself. I'm still on my own. You know, yeah. I'm still, I'm still on my own. I'm still, you know, yeah, it's yeah, it's been really, really hard. And I'm, I'm glad. You know, and I, I pray that we're, we're coming out of it. Yeah. Um, soon, but but then you wonder like what we're coming out to. I mean, you know, I'm trying to give myself, I'm trying to give myself. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going. You know, I'm, I'm going down for a, a, a movie. Um, try for a movie tomorrow. So, so you're trying to think. Whoa, that's 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 good. You know, that's that's good. And um, what's next week in the diary? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And then you know, and you're thinking like, you could. It seems like there's light at the end of the tunnel, but you're hanging on by a thread. Yeah. An absolute thread. Is there, um, so, you know, the likes of Tyson Fury have, have really opened up about his depression and um, I think Ricky Hatton has as well. There's some really strong role models in the world of boxing who have a similar voice to what you're describing and, and as certainly the highs and lows. Is it something to do with like there seems to be, it seems to be very prevalent in boxing. Yeah. Or is it just that people are very open about feeling? Well, I think depressed. it's also who the, the fighters are. Do you know, we're 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 rough and rough and ready street kids. You know, what I mean, we we you know what would we had we not had we not had that that boxing life? What would we you know what would I be doing? Yeah. You know? No, probably in jail or something. Yeah. But just you know, because you know, I was a I was a wild kid. You know, and boxing saved me. Yeah. But when then when boxing has gone, you know, you're kind of back to being the same person. You just have no focus. You have not. You have no to keep you to keep you sort of on track. And yeah. You know, I think trying to give yourself a, a purpose is. Um, is, is is the right way, but it's it's very difficult. So I think boxing, you know, there are also so many characters in boxing because we you are know, we are just you know rough and tough kids, um, you know, and, and that's that's really what, you know it doesn't matter what you do in life, you know, and what you what you achieve, you're still the same. Yeah, still the same in the middle. I'm I'm from a place called Stanley, you know, and it's a it's a rough. It's a rough, tough area. Mm. You know, I'm a standing lad. You know, I'll always, I'll always be a standing lad. I know that there was, like, the week before your Lewis Lennox fight, Lennox Lewis fight, sorry, um, mm. it was almost called off, wasn't it? And there was a plea to ban boxing because yeah. of the death that it followed. Mm. Um, and obviously, I think our most recent death was Patrick Day would I be right in 19 and there's sort of a similar plea for ban but I, I remember reading it must have been a couple of years ago an article that was saying that what you're the same as what you're saying you know like the the people who would argue saying that they want it to be banned are the people who are saying that it's gladiatorial it's outdated and all those sorts of things but the argument for keeping it going is exactly what you're saying that it takes people off the streets who potentially would end up in jail or would be fighting or would you know can't people need to challenge that that energy into something and boxing is a really positive way of channeling that energy isn't it there, there is you know 
there has been some tragedies. You know, they're, they're, they're fairly rare in boxing compared to, to, yeah. to sports, unbelievably. But, um, but people will look at that and they won't look at the successes and they won't look at the, you know, the, the amount of good people in boxing. You know, there is some, some of the coaches, some of the people that just go unrecognized. You know, you look what Brendan Engel mm-hmm. in Sheffield did. You know, you look at all of the kids that he took off the street and, you know, made them, made them stars and how many more he made good people. Yeah. Or he, how many more he changed their lives. And, you know, there's one of them in every gym. You know, there's a Brendan in every gym, you know, looking to try and to, to look after the kids. And, and one of the biggest, you know, my career, my career is, is, is over, really. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've had my career and had my life. But I, I look now and I feel bad at what's going on and it's upset me. And all, but I, I just look at it and I wonder what it's like for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, for the young kids in the gym because I don't know what this would have done to me if I was 15. Yeah. If I was 15 and couldn't do yeah. what what I, I I would be in trouble. You know, I'd, I'd 100%, I you know, I'd be in trouble. I'd be and, and there's so many kids there's so many kids that will, you know, will be like that. Yeah. And the you know, the gyms, you know, the best thing that could that could happen is getting the, the gyms open again, getting the kids back in. And boxing, you know, is, I mean, I, I, you know, I love, I love the sport, the business. I hate, you know, yeah. I absolutely detest the business of boxing because it is, it is, you know, the minute somebody starts talking about money to me and cuts and I just, Oh, just, I don't want to hear it. My, my case was, was worse than most. You mentioned the Lennox Lewis fight. When when I lost my world title, which was kind of taken off me and loaned my money, I then got a tax bill. I finished boxing. I then got the tax bill for the for for it was eighty grand. I got a tax bill for which I had never earned eighty grand my whole career. You know, only just getting off the dole a year or two before, um, and I got a tax bill. So to make matters worse, I then had to find a way, and I didn't want to fight Lennox Lewis. You know, I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to come out of retirement to, to fight him. But to make matters worse, not only did they take my title away, I then had to go, and 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 just get beaten up, make myself look stupid in front of in front of millions. Yeah, and that was you know that was, and I've just be, I've been getting some um, hypnotherapy recently, and he one of the things you know and he, he and the guy said um. We need to do a treatment. We need to treat you for your Lennox, for yeah. your trauma. And I'm like, eh? And he says, the trauma from, from Lennox. And, I, and never, I'd never thought about it before. And we did an exercise where, where you know, he, he sort of, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in my, inside myself, you know, just um, thinking of what he's telling me. And that sort of, and he, t- he got me to rewind from when I left the hotel to when I got home. And he got me to sort of speed up this process of going to the Albert Hall, going to the dressing room, having the fight, coming out. And and he kept, I kept having to speed it up until I until I took it away, until, until it disappeared. And then he said, yeah, right, and this was all done in like a, a, a little home theater, you know, in my head. Yeah. And, um, and then he said, right, go in there. Who's sitting there? And it was it was me sitting there. He said, it, it's, it's you sitting there. 
you know, a 26-year-old Glenn McCrory. And he said, right. And he said, go and give him a cuddle. And go and tell him it's okay. And you've got me getting emotional now because, because that's how much it hurt me after all these years. You know, that to say, go on, Glenn, it's okay, son. You know, that's what you had to do. You took one. You know, you, you did all right. You did all right. And it was, um, and it, it was re- it felt really, really good because nobody did. You know, nobody said to me, you know, what you had to put yourself through, to, you know, just, you know, f- just f- because you've been ripped off. Um, and you're completely on your own, aren't you? I guess in boxing, it's a solo sport, isn't it? You know, there's a lot, there's loads more riding on the outcome. It's not just about losing, it's about being knocked out. So like you mentioned, you almost sort of mentally, there's a lot at stake as well as physically at stake, isn't there? And, and, the, and the pride element, I guess. Also, in a football team, you have, you have however many other people, a rugby team, you know, however many other people in the team, that's your support network that's kind of there. And you're all going through the same event at the same time. Whereas in boxing, it sounds like you're surrounded, presumably other than your trainer, by people who potentially can manipulate you. In a yeah. way, you are when 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 you're when you're when you're up there, you're up there with hundreds. You're up there with you know. When you fall, you fall alone. Yeah, yeah. You really fall alone, and it's and you know you. I mean, I'm sure you could tell that stuff like the Lennox Lewis fight still has a yeah still has a massive a massive um, a massive scar in me. You know, losing my world title that I should never have lost. You know, that 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 really hurt. So so to come to come and have a, you know an exhibition um, with Roy Jones was was kind of a bit of therapy as well. It was a little bit of closure. Mm-hmm. Um, on you know people always people say you know you were world champion, Glenn, and and that's great. You know that's great. I can dine out on that for the rest of my life, but it really hurts me. At, how good could it have been? I never even seen that prime. You know, I was well before that. So, so you know, it's um, and that hurts, and, and I think that that obviously has has manifested itself into depression, and you know, over the years, and and it gets it gets worse, and and in a way, you know, you you tell you tell your story, and there's um. The, there's a documentary being made about me and my brother called Karen David. Um, there was a documentary called 300 Yards Mum. There's a movie, you know, the rights are out for a movie of, of, of that. And I've told my story like so many times. And, um, and the, the Malcolm, the, the, the hypnotherapist said, um, you know, soon you're going to stop telling it because every time you tell it, you relive it. Every time you tell it, every time you tell it, you bring it back. It's not gone. It's never gone. Yeah. Because every time you tell that, it comes back. Yeah. Until you can be in a position where you're talking about it, that it, where it's it's just about almost somebody else, so it doesn't mm. affect you mentally. Then, yeah, I assume you do. Like you say, you just keep reliving. Yeah. I love that that technique that he used, where you. Um, talk to yourself as if you're a child is one that mm. like 
I, you know, I'm training to be a counsellor and one that I've learned a lot about because it is something that works really, really well for people. You know, we're really good at self talk and it's almost always negative you know mm. we're really good at, at telling ourselves that we're crap we're ugly we're fat we're thin we're old with you know all of those things we're useless um and and trying to imagine a child or your child or you as a child but you know imagining if, if it was a child sitting there and you were saying all those things to it you'd know that that was wrong you'd know that that would be awful and would be really affecting the child that's sitting there and we listen to it and think that that's fine. <laughs> it's true, yeah. No, I know it's um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I you know, so many people are going through similar things, yeah, and worse things with lockdown. Lockdown, you know, in the 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 fallout from this is is going to be seen for a long, long time. You know the the. The problems, mm. you know, people suffering um, abuse, and you know, at home and all. Uh, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be massive, massive fallout. And I think, you know, in, in a sense, we're all we're all going through it. And that's 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 the only sort of salvation is like we're all kind of in it together. You know, we're all. Nobody's really escaped it, you know. Everybody's everybody's had to suffer through this. So um, you try and tell yourself that doesn't doesn't help. It doesn't doesn't help that much. But but um, you, boxes, do, like, do you ever open up? Do boxes open up to each other? Because you've got a shared um, experience that other people wouldn't understand. Yeah, I think. Um, I think you 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 can. We're all. We're, it, it's a funny little situation because it's almost like a brotherhood. It's almost like, you know, if you're with, if I'm if I'm with a, another fighter, if I'm with Darren Barker or somebody, you know, so you just straight away, you know, they've been through. You know, especially Darren, he lost his brother as well. Mm -hmm. So you know, people, you 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 you've got something um, in common. Yeah. Uh, straight away because you know they've you, it doesn't matter pretty much who they are they've all they've all gone through hardship they've all had the bad days they've all had the defeats and the, the getting knocked out or, or whatever it is you know they they kind of you know and they've all come up rough you know they've all come up rough and tough you don't find yourself in boxing gyms you know if you've got a, a heap a heap load of degrees or anything you know you don't you don't you know, that's not where you're going. You're going because your mates are, you know, your mates are dragging you in um, as a kid. So, no, you do. You do have that a bit of a brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your um, your fight that won you your world title. Um, mm. At what point during that, because you, you pretty much nailed him, but what, what point during that fight did you know that you were going to win? Um, probably towards the end, it was a, it was a it was a fight I wasn't supposed to win. It was a fight that was um, you know I was a massive underdog, and they kind of hmm. kind of um, they were looking. Patrick Lumumba was Don King's fighter, and he was going to, but he was a very he was a very um, unpopular. You know what he did? That he was a Kenyan, booked out of Sweden, and didn't have a big fan base. But he was very very good. Yeah. 
for his own good, if you know what I mean. You know, like it's kind of yeah. so. So it's, it, and I didn't realize this. I thought I'd earned my shot. I was British. Come on, you know, I, I should have really, but you know, I should have given you know, but I. But then, then they, I, I realized that I was, I was fighting him, and and he was coming. He was coming. Well, the reason he was coming, the reason he came here, it all sort of dawned on me was because you know it's the only place they could make any money, so they were happy enough to come and fight my title. So it was, it was, it was tough all the way through, and it was, it was kind of, you know, when you've got these fights behind closed doors, I would never have won that fight if it'd be behind closed doors. Million years because I had. The whole of Stanley, the whole of the Northeast, were crammed into yeah. a. It was crammed. I watched it like. Oh, amazing, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I don't think they would have gotten away with. I, I don't know what figures were in there, but I don't know if they <laughs> were getting away with it. Apart from the council put the fight on, it was an unprecedented thing. The the local council, district council, because we'd had. This this was the worst unemployment black spot in the whole of the UK because we lost everything. We lost the mines, the steel companies. We lost everything under Thatcher, and they wanted to sort of put something back to pick people's spirits. So the council bid for the bid for the fight. It was a, you know, a Labour council used taxpayers' money to put a professional fight on, wow. and it, but it did just that. You know, it was the biggest thing that's ever happened. You know. In history here. Do you approach, um, does one approach a world championship fight differently to a, a normal fight? Yes, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not your average sort of boxer because I didn't have a proper trainer and I didn't have a proper gym and I didn't have, you know, so mine, you know, the only time I ever had a training camp was, was for that fight. Where normally fighters, you know, they get paid training expenses and they, they go off, you know, they go off in the training camp and, you know, they, they prepare correctly. I never had that luxury. Um, but, but once I had five weeks to get ready for Power of the Mumba and we, in a, a local hotelier, put us up in porter cabins. Nice. We put porter cabins uh, on the field outside the hotel. And it was fabulous because for the first time ever, I felt like a real fighter. I felt like, you know, the stories of Ali up in Deer Lake and all that sort of stuff. I felt like a real fighter, so it was, um, it was, it was immense. But if 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 I could have retired then, you know, twenty four, if I could have retired after that fight, I would have retired because all my life I've been told you'll never win a world title. Nobody ever won a world title from from this area. Aye. And all my life it was like you can't do. You know, it's a very working class, you know, area. You know, it was a very rough and ready area, and um. People didn't do that. People didn't do that sort of stuff. That was that was beyond them. And so when I won it, you know, that was all I'd ever dreamt of. I'd never, I'd never had, I'd never ever thought of a fight after winning the world title. I never thought about you know a return or a you know a defense or anything like that. That was ne I never contemplated that because for me, winning the world, it was all just about winning the world title. So when I won it. It was the greatest night of my life. I'd achieved the impossible. You know, my brother was there, and it, you know, the whole. It was just a fairy tale. It, the whole crowd. It just. It could not have been any more perfect to be in your own village, three hundred yards. I walked up the street with my bag from home, 
to win the world title. But then the next morning, it was, well, I think that's when the sort of depression would have set in because it was the biggest hole in your life. Is it like, now, now, now? My brother was going to die. No, it was now like, I've done it. It was, not, it was yeah. just a massive gap in my life. Wow. Which is, I think, that must be really common, that feeling, when you've, because you, you've achieved, achieved what you've set up to achieve. Where do you go from there? Mm, definitely. But when, if your achievement is so, you know, when Hillary went up Everest, you know, I mean, what that must have been like to stand on the top of the world for the very first, for the very first time ever. Yeah. And I wonder what, you know, I can only sort of put it to that. You know, obviously it wasn't an achievement like that, but it, for me it was. And, you know, how he coped after, after that, how the team coped after, after such a huge, huge thing, because nothing is ever the same. No, and I guess it depends on what your motivation is, whether the motivation is to win a world title or whether it's to it or whether it's to be the best boxer you can be or the best something that you can be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um I th I think people are sort of I think in when people are coming up, you know, they they people around them. I never had you know, I never had people around me that had done that. You know, it was, it was, you know, the guy that I was using as a trainer was my my assistant amateur coach. You know, he couldn't even hold the pads. He was a great, great guy and ran with me every day and all that. But he didn't have, he couldn't teach me anything about boxing. You know, but he was there with me. So it was very much, you know, mine was very much sort of me, myself and I. It was just very much every, I learned by falling down. You know, like a, like a baby, you know, I just, ever, all the way, and, and that's been all the way through my life. All my, all the way through my life, I've never had, you know, my, my parents are, well, dad's gone now, but God bless him by them. My parents are very simple, lovely, lovely people who just trusted everybody and just, you know, had their, you know, Catholic religion and everything was, everything was, was, doing the right thing and all the rest of it and you know but they, did, they didn't know my dad I took I went to London I took my dad to London and with the promoter who eventually you know took loads of the manager took robbed me blind um, and he went down with him and he, he took us for a meal and my dad didn't know he was, he was he's, I'm like go on dad <laughs> and he didn't know what to do he'd never been in a restaurant never you know I, I, I don't know what, what I just, you know how to eat food, Dad. Just eat the food. <laughs> get, your, get your knife, get your fork, and just eat it. It's like, oh, I don't have fancy things like this. Yeah. And that's, you know, so, so you never had, you yeah. know, you the never had the people network. around the support network yeah. to, to tell you, right, we, we've got this next, and we've got, you, know, you need to look for that and don't do this. Yeah. Uh, I never had that. Every, every, every mistake I made, you know, that, that's how I went through my life, just... Do you have a, a what if feeling that you, you know, if you did have all of that around you? Oh, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, I, I think my faith, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I've got a big, uh, 
big faith in them. And that sort of gets me through. I think, you know, God's, this is God's test, you know, and you know, it'll all be all right in the end. Yeah. All, you know, it'll all be all right one day, but this is the sort of test you've got to go through. And you do, I think everybody, everybody likes to have a cushion. Everybody likes to have, and that's why this year is the only time ever that I had to reach out and, you know, pick the phone up and phone mental health and say, listen, you know, I'm really struggling. I don't know what to do. I can't cope. You said God's test there. Are you religious? Yes, very much so. So how did that help you through your career and your life? I think um, I think it, it always helps me because I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's something else. Yeah. And, and this is this this is a test. Um, and you know, I fail so much. <laughs> fail so much, as as I'm sure we all do. But um, you know, I, I do. I, you know, I think having my brother who was severely disabled um, taught me that there's got to be more because you know life can't be that unfair. And I I, I had so much guilt about you know David being David being ill and David suffering and and not me. So, and that's why that's why this, when I wrote the original script, it was called Carrie and David, and it's kind of, it, it, it's some something some persona that I carry with me in life and death. Yeah, you know, I, I sort of um, and, and I carry him is is a constant sort of reminder to how lucky I am. Really, you know, as, and you know, and you've got to keep. And then you, you look and think, well, was he the lucky one? Because he was all smiling. You know, we don't know. We, you know, he could have been completely at peace and contempt in, in that broken body of his. Um, and yet you're fit and you're healthy and you're, you can do everything. And, and yet inside, inside, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, God makes everything even up. Do you feel like things are mapped out for you already? It's not your decision. I do, I do, I do a bit, yeah, because you know, and, and also stuff, you know, you you kinda you're given a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff's taken away. You think you you know you you know this happens or somebody passes away or something, you think how am I gonna cope and all this sort of stuff and then and then good things happen. And uh, and you've just got to, you know, for me, it's just trying to keep, well, sort of one, one foot in front of the other. Mm. And that was that was my mentality for getting up the mountain because I, I was totally ill-equipped, did not have a clue how to tie a knot, did not. Luckily, I had the greatest climber that's ever lived, Nims Persia. I was up with him, so um, wow. luckily I had him. But um, you kind of just felt... You know, just one foot in front of the other. It doesn't matter how much it hurts, just keep going. That's kind of an outlook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I climbed Mount Kinabalu. Uh, right? In 17, eight, seven, yeah, 17 it must have been. And Where's that? that hey? Where's that? In Borneo. It's just really? a little oh. higher than Kilimanjaro. 
Right, right. I've done Kilimanjaro. I took, we took a wheelchair of Kilimanjaro. We took no way. I really want to do Kili. Kinabalu was like my version of, but there's a section in Mount Kinabalu that if anyone listening has climbed it, there's this white rope section, which is God awful. And on our way up the mountain, someone was stretched off mm. on the way down past us who had unfortunately died after falling off of this particular section. So it's brutal. It's not very long and I don't know the exact height of this white rope section but if you let go of the rope you will fall off and die right. and, and that are you are you sort of you're climbing you're, you're climbing but you're not attached like there's no regulation there's no safety regulations in borneo it's really like yeah. you, know, you you just get on with it you you're, t- you're choosing to take the risk and if you're yeah. up for it get on with it and if not then don't do that bit and just go to go to whatever level it is before the white rope and I remember, you know, doing it, being so scared and, and holding on for dear life. And remember thinking, this is the exact, this is exactly where put one foot in front of the other has come from. Because if I don't, I don't have a choice. I, if I don't, I'm going to fall and I have to keep going. <laughs> like, it was unbelievable. It really helped me mentally after that exactly the same as, as in the Himalaya when you go across a crevasse and it's and I'm looking around and we're going across you know every few thousand years you go across these ladders and there's just bits of string at each side which you put a you, that's your safety it's no safety whatsoever um you know and I'm looking around and everybody's half my size all the strippers are like they're all they're all so and I'm thinking and, and it was the same mentality, you know, my boxing mentality, my same mentality that it was just like, right, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And, you know, and you, and you got across and you saw, I saw people fall in, get rescued, and ah, it was terrible. But I, on Manus Lewis Camp 4, a woman died in front of me. I actually filmed it on my phone. She, she, she was standing there, she was just standing next to me, she was in the next tent, just below the summit, and she then started to make some noises and she was done with a shirt and had full oxygen on. And so I, 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 you know, I thought she was jested about, so I started filming it. And then she crippled and buckled over and she was dead. Mm-hmm. And then they had to try and get her down because helicopters couldn't get that high. So they had her tied up, you know, tied up and dropping her off the end of the cliffs, you know, that we abseiled down the yeah. I mean, I think that I don't think I come I come away from that that trip, Scott. But Kilimanjaro, we went up with a, a friend. Well, he became a friend. Garant asked me to, to climb. Would you climb Kilimanjaro with me? And I said, Yeah. He says, and then it came out a bit later that he had the same illness that my brother had, oh, wow. Axia, and he was in a he's in a wheelchair. And I was like, How we're we gonna and. He got the summit. It was it was amazing. It was wow. one of the most amazing. You know, his achievement was it was just such a blessing to be part of that and see see what we did. But it was because it, because it, it was traumatic. You know, trying to get Garant up. You didn't you didn't quite enjoy it the way he could have. But it was absolutely stunning. It was amazing. So if you get the chance. I will definitely, I will definitely do that again, Kilimanjaro, because it was, it was, you know, the people were lovely. They were absolutely 
wonderful, wonderful people. And, you know, I mean, they, they have training shoes on. There was one guy coming down up near the, the top of the Kilimanjaro and he had um, one of the, uh, the the guys in our party that were looking after us and he had he had no his soul was flipping on the bottom of his trainers they're incredible aren't they and I'm you know and he's carrying he's carrying so much yeah. on his head I'm just thinking, you know I give, I give him my boots I give him my boots when, I, when we left and it was just like oh you guys are absolutely amazing yeah. Yeah, it really, it's, 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 um, I mean, I've done some wonderful, I've, I have done some amazing, amazing stuff and had some, even though the good thing about being a boxer is you're from the street. So when you put yourself in like downtown Mexico, yeah, you're in your element, save you know, home from home, <laughs> pasta. it's past the hooch. Come on, mate, past the hooch. Okay. It's so it's um, yeah, so it's kind of yeah. I do I do sort of like all that? Yeah. Last week I had um, a driver on called Ferdinand Habsburg who um, spoke a lot and and working in motorsport. I hear this a lot about being in the zone, about the flow, where mm. the subconscious takes over and you know you're so focused without trying to be. Is there yeah. an element of that tunnel vision in boxing? Can you relate to that? Very much so. Very much so. I think. I mean, very one, very much like Formula One, because if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, you're done. You know, yeah. in boxing, the rest of the match, presumably. Yeah, in boxing, if you, if you, if your concentration, if you're not loose and relaxed, and your concentration is bang on, you make one, you, you make a mistake, and you get knocked out. So it's very much, it's very much a, a sport of trying to keep. Aggressive, aggressive, focused, and relaxed all at the same time, and it's it's it seems bonkers. But when you get in the zone, when you get when that happens, it's magical. You're just like a force of nature. You just feel like so, so like you can beat the world. It's it's you know in being in the fighting business, it's it really does feel like you you can you can, you can take on the world. Is there an art to that? Like, how do you learn how to get into that place, or can you learn? I, no, I think it's um, practice. Obviously, practice and confidence and fitness, and it's very much like to get a champion to get to get to that place where it all works. It's it's, it's a jigsaw, and you need all the bits. You need all the bits, and and then. It, you, you can't be you know, your fear factor. You know, I, I spotted 96 rounds with Mike Tyson at his heyday. And, you know, when he was tearing up the, the division and it was every day you got in, you're thinking, what am I? Again, this is me putting myself in the most ridiculous situation, a cruiserweight, putting myself in my Mike Tyson 96 times, you know, um, but you've just got to be so switched on. And we'd see, I'd see spawn partners would come and they'd be six foot five, six foot five heavyweight, you know, out of wherever. And as soon as they were watching them, they would just, they would just fear. You could just see the, like, what's going on here? Like, they're getting killed. And, 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 and you'd say, warm up, loosen up, just get your mind off that. And it really, it really is a sort of, 
yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a focus. And that, as I say, that's what got me over the crevasse. It was just like, okay, Glenn, if you're gonna die, you're gonna die, mate. Just one foot in front of the other. You 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 can walk across a ladder. You can walk across a ladder. So just one foot in front of the other. Just relax. Just remember one thing: just to breathe and just keep going. And and I think if you have that 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 very simple that, that very simple solution will get you through so much in life. If you just one foot in front of the other, breathe and just relax, just relax. And 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 that's 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 my sort of that's my way. <laughs> that's my little plan through life. Do you psych the opponent out? Is there a, a way of mentally controlling a fight? Oh, very much so. Very much so. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, whenever you know you see guys in the street or whatever squaring up to each other, you know, it, 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 you know, it's like two cocks in a cockfight. You know, you're trying to intimidate. You know, you're trying to stick your chest out and intimidate um, somebody as much as you can because a fight, a fight can be won and lost in the dressing room. It can be won and lost at, at, at the way in the press conference, you know, because once once you sort of once you think I've conquered you, you know, I've got you, I've got your number, then you know you know you're in control and you know you'll win, and that can very you know that often can happen, you know, before the fights ever started. Yeah, confidence must be a massive thing, I and mean, I always remember watching a um, a Murray. Uh, uh, Come on, brain. Tennis player, Murray. Andy Murray. Andy Murray. I was going to call him Murray Walker then. Andy <laughs> Murray. Um, That's too much racing driving. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember watching a match and he would get so angry. And I, he, he, the decline during his, during his game from when he came in very confident and, and the wheels started falling off and you could see it happening and you could see his game getting worse and worse and worse throughout it and I remember thinking that's such a, a, a sort of a cliched thing but that's his confidence that's just just waned a little bit and it was enough for the for the, his component to go off off we go we're yeah. we're in we're in I, I've got this now well in boxing that's you know it, it's it's the fight game you know you're, you're, you're fighting and as soon as you've mastered their mind you know, their body just falls. They, you know, they just, they're not the, the same. We're going across the crevasse. It's funny, it's seeing somebody, seeing an experienced climber, and you can recognize he's lost, he's lost. I could tell if they were going to fall in, if they were going to, you know, if, if they were going to fall yeah. off. You could tell just by their, their body language, yeah. the way they'd, the way they'd, they'd just stutter before before they got there and and then the way they'd stop and then they'd look around and you know you just knew the focus had gone and, and I think that's in in everything in life yeah but the minute the minute you doubt yourself yeah the minute you doubt your ability you've lost yeah you're done and I think you know through through so many walks of life that is that is a key key element to everything in life is you know believe in yourself if you don't believe in yourself you know nobody will and people can sense that you know if i'm in a good place if i'm in a good place and i'm fit and i'm right you know i get I, people people you know 
work just comes. You know, people are just like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do that. You're in a good place. And if you're in a bad place, it's almost like you, you scare people off. Yeah. You send that, you send that energy out. And it's um, like we can't see it, but it's very real. Yeah. And it's very much there. And people just think, oh, oh bad news. All right. If, I can, if, I, if I'm in a if I'm in a in a bar or a pub or something like that, I can I I have the sense I can walk in, I think it's trouble. This is trouble. Mm-hmm. And we were mainly and Doc did a, a, a fight in um, Madison Square Garden with Andrew Galola, um a po- Polish, a big Polish guy. Um and when you know the garden is is a great, great, great. You know, it's my favorite boxing event place in the world. And every time we went there, it was just, it was just brilliant. Jack Nicholson's over there, and ah, oh, it was just, it was just great. We went in this time for a heavyweight title fight, and I was like, oh, this is bad. Something's wrong. And there was a riot. There was a, there was a mass riot. No. And you, you, you could sense person. You could you could you could feel the the yeah the turmoil and the hate you could feel that in the room. It was it was uncanny. And Ian was like, what? And then a few hours later, he's under the table commentated <laughs> as we commentated on the riot that ensued. Wow. Oh Andrew Galotta. What's what part of the fight does it be the most? Is it the beginning? Is it the what well, part of the fight? Yeah. Part of it's all over. Of that. It's over. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, I think um, the thing you remember the most is is the, the most exciting bit is 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 the scariest bit when they say, "Right, it's time to go. It's time to go." Um, As in from your dressing room. Yeah. 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 It, 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 and you know, I I, I act as. as I used to do a lot more acting, but a few years ago, I played the lead in The Birds in the West End. No way. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Again, putting myself, completely putting myself up for a fall. Yes. Um, but it was very successful. I did five, yeah, I did five weeks in, um, in a three, me and two, two ladies um, in a three-person play. I was the lead um, in The Birds. Yeah, it was scariest. Again, super, super scary. I don't know what I do with myself for. Pardon? That's a tough script as well, isn't it? Oh, the birds. Yeah, I was an American. I was an American, you know, torn between these these two ladies, you know, who um you know, I was I was with my partner and we went and we hid in a you know, we hid in the house from the birds and, and another lady come into the, obviously the tensions that come from 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 that situation when you could if you go outside you're gonna get but it was it was it was brilliant. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But you know, I didn't know. We walked on stage in the dark, and then I, I collapsed. And then, as the lights come up, I'm on the floor, and and, and I awaken from this st- stupor. And uh, I did not know <laughs> that I would remember anything. Yeah. Normally, I can't remember the shopping list. I yeah. did not know until till that moment that I would remember any of it. And it's amazing that, you know, and I'm honestly, I, mean, I forget, I forget friends' names. Yeah. You go on stage and do, you know, two hours, you know, <laughs> on every, in every scene. It was just, it was, um, 
it was you know it was a challenge but it was it was great and that's my, my life is like that. that's you know that, that was what was missing see i always put myself you know, climb Kilimanjaro, you know, my pal in a wheelchair, climb the eighth highest mountain in the world, you know, go on the West End, you know, do things. I love that because I feel like I've got to live for two. I feel like, you know, I've, I've got to cram as much into it. And then when that's taken away, when it's yeah. all taken away, you're already dead. Yeah. Yeah. So you like to be out of your comfort zone, don't you? I, I like to, I like to, yeah, I feel, um, I think that's part of being a boxer as well, you know, constantly, you know, you can't constantly thrive on this feeling of, 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 you know, this feeling of worry or insecurity or whatever. You kind of have to test that and yeah. see, can you really do it? Or are you just going to, are you going to fail? How do you cope when you go into a match and the audience is against you? Um, I think sometimes... For a lot of people, that's that's a good thing. For fighters, that's a good thing because it gets you kind of shackles up a little bit. You know, like, come okay. on, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. you know, oh, so that's, yes. yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of a lot of fighters really thrive on that. And, they, and if all of a sudden they become a favorite, they're like, "What's up? what's all this about?" You know, what I mean, I'm not used yeah. to this, but you know, because I, I think fighting, we're all a bit like that. You know, we all like a bit of adversity. We all. Yes. We're, sorry, a bit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> we all, you know, we all, we all want that challenge, you know. And if it's if it's like you know, the whole crowd, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That sort of mentality, you know, it's like taking on the world. And I guess if they're for you, then you can just play with the energy, like mm. with the positive energy, and hearing your voice and things like that. I guess is. So it's a slight switch, but it's probably yeah. creates the same energy in you. It's very much when I fought Para Lumumba, I kind of realized that day, it kind of the scene kind of, it all kind of figured out to me that, you know, I was the underdog. I wasn't supposed to win this fight. And the headlines in the sun, which Colin Hart, who's, uh, uh, you know, become a great friend over the years, um, he, his headline was Glenn's a goner. And, you know, there's a real somber mood in the in the dressing room it was like it was like going to the gallows you know there was my friend from anybody as a journalist um, and there was a priest uh, my priest had died shortly before so there was a, a priest coming to dress my priest always come in the dressing room and there was a priest in the in the dressing room with me and it was just it just felt like you know like the old movies oh. when you go into the gallows or you got yeah. the chair, a priest and a reporter and you and it really felt like that and then I walked out to the most, it was like a jumbo jet taken off of noise. Wow. And it was, it was kind of then you thought, well, nobody's told either, nobody's told this lot I'm going to lose. <laughs> and it was, it, it just sort of, it just sort of lifted you and got you out of that. And then I got in the, I got in the ring and I've been told, you could tell the, the American manager who I had at the time, um, he was just in boxing, boxing, you know, he's very, he punches hard, just, you know, you tell the fear that they all had, you know, this, um, and the crowd were going mental. And then, so I was, my plan, the plan was boxing, you know, just be very careful, box, you know, use jab, box and move, box and move. And then he came out, and this gives you an example of, of our mentality. And he came out, and if you watch it on YouTube, Glimacroy, Pat Lumumba, he comes out to introduce him, he comes in the middle of the ring and he goes, 
in front of you know to, in front of all the fans. You know, it didn't have one single fan. It's just like that. And at that moment, at that moment, it was like, <laughs> I'm gonna knock your head off. I, you know, it was just that. And, and to be honest, everything went. It was just like, whoa! Do you want to fight, son? Come on, then let's do it. And and. To be honest, it worked out the best way because I almost knocked him out in the first round. I went out, I went straight out and hit him and almost knocked him out. He never quite recovered. He never quite got he got back a little bit, but never quite got yeah. back. So that inst that that fighting that yeah. fighting spirit, you know, that reaction of like, well, if you're gonna, you know, if, if I'm you know, if I'm gonna go down, I'm going, we're gonna have a fight. Would it have almost been boring if you had knocked him out in the first round? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would have been amazing. But you'd have been done. You had all that time. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the, that's the, the fight is just the finale for many, many weeks and many, many years. The, the fight's just the, the icing on the cake. You know, all, all, all the hard work and everything you've done is, is all beforehand. And then that's just, you know, so if you can, if you can blast them out in one round, that's, you know that's 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 brilliant, and if if it's twelve hard four rounds, then that's just the same. But um, yeah, that's no, an amazing sport. I'm really fascinated. Um, we haven't really discussed your trainer, but I th I think boxing is probably the only sport where every three minutes or so you get to talk to your trainer, or you get to hear from your trainer. Mm. What yeah. what sort of things? do they tell you during it and what what do you need to hear my trainer my trainer that i trained with on a daily basis i can't remember one sort of thing that he said because you know as i said he was like just an assistant sort of coach so there was never any you know no not being disrespectful or anything yeah. but i never had i never had that that angelo dundee i never had you know the the the, the Emmanuel Stewart's, the you know the top trainers. I never, I never, I never had that. You know, mine really was, yeah, me myself, and you know, and it was kind of um, for the big fight. I had an American who was the manager. He came in, um, and he just liked the sound of his own voice. So that wasn't, um, it wasn't great. No, I never. There was one time that there's only one time that ever that I can, that ever meant anything in my career that, that somebody said in the corner. Um, and that was the cut man. And he was, he was, you know, we had a really good cut man from America come in. And, um, and when I'm in my first defense, I'm losing the fight. You know, I'm getting beat up. You know, it's really hard. I, you know, I can't, I'm not motivated. I'm getting beat up. And I'm following the, the advice of the American um, Who's telling me to, to box and unbox and use your boxing? And I'm getting the guy's just rolling all over me. Sees a Macatini and he's just smashing me up. And I'm, I'm not doing. I'm trying to defend myself, you know, but I'm, I'm not having a fight really. And um, and I, I then, I, in my own head, just sort of thought, right, if I'm going to get beat here, I'm losing. I'm going to get beat. I'm going to get knocked out. I haven't done anything. You know, I'm trying to follow these orders. These, so I'm, I'm just going to have a fight. You know, I just thought like. If I'm getting knocked out, I'm going down fighting. So I went out, so I just went out and thought, like, right, come on, let's have a go. And then threw a load of punches. And 
and I really and I really hurt him. I changed the fight around, and then the next round I was on top all the time. The next round I was on top all the time, and but he was probably ahead because he won the, the first one. And the the the, the, the cut man just grabbed me by the hair, and turned to that and said, "Knock this." Sucker out, <laughs> and it was kind of kind of like a wake up to say that like, you know you you just go and just walk over and knock them out. Yeah, you because know, you've got him. He's, he's out on yeah. just and that, that was the only thing I really remembered that got my attention. It was the only time he, he never ever said anything. He's a cut man, but he just grabbed me by the hair, and just said, "Knock this." That's amazing. I love that. And it was, uh, and I went out and I knocked him out in the eleventh round. One that. Was, <laughs> On the fight, but it was that's the only time I've really had because you know I was pretty much self-taught. So would you give yourself self-talk during a match then in, in those moments? And what would that have sounded like? What did that um, sound like? I think it, it sounds like we all do every day when you're trying to give yourself a geo or you're trying to stay yeah. calm or you know you're trying to relax or you're trying to just say box, keep cool, or you're trying to say, come on, Glenn, you know. You, you know, fight, man, fight. You know, that, it was just a normal, everyday thing when you're trying to do it yourself. It's just how you, how you try and motivate yourself. When I won the, I mean, one of the biggest things that happened when I won the world title was it was getting really hard around about seven, around seven or eight, and then I looked. I we, we come on the ropes. I looked over, and my brother, who wasn't supposed to be there, David wasn't supposed to be there. My mom was scared to go and she was looking after him and she went to my auntie's house and nobody knew this. And the police car had turned up at my auntie's house. I don't know how they knew or anything, but it turned out, turned out at my auntie's house and brought them to the fight. And so when it was getting really hard in the fight and about round eight, I looked down and my brother's sitting, my brother's sitting ringside, he's going, <laughs> and he's, he's just so animated, punching the air and all the rest of it. And that was kind of like, that was like a massive lift. It was like, and that, you know, so there was a few things that really got me over the line that night, but it, it was, and that's why, it, that's why Karen David would be quite a good movie because it, it was, it was, it, it was 10 times what Rocky is. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was Rocky and my left foot, but you know, put together it was amazing it was amazing that he was there it's kind of like you know all the stars aligned you know god just did what he does and put everything together for for one night i love that Mm. you touched on earlier about um that you didn't you didn't get the opportunity to do sort of training camps and stuff in the way that you would have liked to have done beforehand but when boxers maybe who, who who do have the luck of you know the options if you like do some boxers would they choose to go to a small sort of an, a more intimate place to to sort of almost go away from distraction and go to an old school 100 yeah most, 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 fighters, most fighters i mean david hay was an exception when he went to miami um and you kind of knew he's got not going to win that fight <laughs> oh so was joshua you know, when Joshua, uh, sorry, Anthony Joshua, when Anthony Joshua went to Miami, I just thought, and, and I, say, I said, this doesn't bode well. He's fighting an easy opponent. He's, he's took his eye off the ball. Yeah. Is that because that's that's a, a, a distraction? It's not a focus thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, it, it's, 
you know, and yes, there's gyms there and that sort of stuff, but just a very, you yeah. know, all around you, it's just, it's, yeah. not, it's not a Spartan, it's not a Spartan world. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're going to a fight, you know, you need, you need to get angry. You need to be sick. You need to be fed up at, at the, yeah. the whole monotony and the boredom. And, and then you start to get, you know, you start to get, you start to get angry and you start to, you know, take it out in your sparring partners and you, you know, the whole thing becomes hard work and that's how it should be. That's what getting ready for a fight should be. You, yeah, so you, you also want to put yourself in a place that is very tough. You know, the ring is yeah, tough place as it ever gets. You know, that can be hell on earth. Um, so you want to be prepared as much as you can for the hardships that are going to happen. Yeah, emulate like a, diff a difficult environment, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, just, just, yeah, if you could you know, put yourself in a Mexican jail or something. Yeah. <laughs> come out and win the world title. Trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'd be dead probably mostly. Um, at the moment, obviously, as we've already touched on, the fact that we're in global pandemic, but mm. we're obviously massively lacking crowds. So how much difference would that make to a fight? Well, I, I to say, I... I, I I, on in standing that night, you know, I think Lamoma had better credentials than me. If it's just down to that, um, he probably would have won that night because yeah. the crowd. The, I mean, the, in every you know, in everything you do, that's part of that's that's part of it, isn't? That's part of the drama. That's part of of what you do it for. You know, you do it to stand there and yeah. say, "I did it." Um, you know. Without a crowd, it's you know, it's it, it, it's nothing. And and you know, everything you know, a football match, a rugby match. You know, I mean, there's some great in the Six Nations. There's some great games. Which you just imagine if they'd if they'd had a crowd there, yeah. Wow, what they you know how they would have elevated the whole the whole thing. And but also crowds in boxing, you know, can can destroy someone. You know, fight it. You know, the nerves. Nerves are such a nerves are such an important thing. You see, you know, Frank Bruno when he went out with Mike Tyson, and you know he Mike was on the on the slide a bit, and you know we, we all knew that, and it was an opportunity for for Frank. But then he came out, he came out, and he said, all the way to the ring, all the way down. You're like, well, once is enough. You <laughs> know, I'm religious, but. <laughs> So you know, you obviously, you obviously, you know, he lost it. Yeah. He lost it in in that walk in front of the crowd. All of a sudden, it dawned on him. And, and you know what we've touched on? You've got to kind of, you know, you're a presenter, and and so you you understand full well when you see some people just absolutely fall into like the most ridiculous people when in front of a camera, and yet you know you do it for a living, and, and, and you know poised and say the right thing and all the rest of it and it's about forgetting yeah. forgetting the guys in front of you it's about you just you, you know whatever you concentrate on if i'm doing tv you know i'm just it's it's i'm just talking to you know it's like now there could be i could maybe dwell and say what if what if so-and-so sees this what if so-and-so sees this you just you know i'm just i'm just talking to you and in a fight yeah. you've just got to be one thing there's a guy in that ring who's going to try and take your head off and it's just you remember everything that you've got to remember. You remember what, what your job is, what the plan is. Stay calm and kick his butt. You were 
one pound over, I think, the night before your fight. How how do you go about like how does a fighter go about losing weight safely? Um, you're asking the wrong person. I lost my <laughs> I lost my title because I was dehydrated to death. Um, again, you know, my, my problem was I had nobody. I had no nutritionists. I had nobody. You know, I, I did it all myself. So me, all I did was stop eating. Um, you know, so it was it was really it was really dangerous. The first thing you've got to do in, in any sport is surround yourself with the best people, the best possible people you can. Surround yourself with knowledge. Surround yourself with expertise, and you know, don't even contemplate doing what you know. I mean, I didn't have an option. It was what I had to do. We didn't have anybody around, you know, nobody knew anything about diets or nutrition or anything like that. So, so I'm a bad example because, you know, my career was, was a bit of a disaster. Yes, I got some success out of it, but it, it was, it was a mess. But I think, um, you know, if you've got the right people around you, they, you know, however they do it, they, they do it well. I was with Amir Khan for his last fight, um, I covered it in Saudi, and Amir was massive. He was massive. And, you know, how, you know, however they did it, you know, I was, I was, I'll be honest, I was fearful for him because of my experience, but obviously they knew exactly what they were doing. And it was, it was to an art what they did and how, however, but, you know, however they did his, his diet, but he literally, the day before, must have sweat out a stone and a half or something. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. Got the way in, put it all back, and was safe and fresh and was, was, you know, I mean, that is something that for me would not be recommended, you know, I, I would not be recommended. But whatever, you know, how, how they did it, they had it off to a, an absolute art. Yeah. Wow. And he, he was, when they got in the ring, it was like he was two weights, two or three, it was a man and boy, you know, he was just yeah. so much bigger. But that's, you know, that's, again, that's, you know, you, you get the experts, yeah. you get the experts in to do it. I mean, for me, I, I would, I would want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pro trainer as well. I would want to, um, to have my fighters pretty, working pretty close to their weight. Yeah. The uh, you know, I think, because I'm scared of that, and yeah, I wouldn't want big weight, big no. weight losses, and big weight gains, and all that sort of stuff. And you'd want your fighters to stay in shape, stay in shape. Like Ricky Hatton used to balloon, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit like me. Mine was out of England. Ricky kind of like that, you know. He out of fights, he'd be on the Guinness and fry ups and all the rest of it. Um, and then when it comes to the fight, then he's then he, you know, 10, 12 weeks. But he had the luxury of long and proper camps and then he'd, he'd do everything right and make the weight be really strong um and then and then go back to kebab and chips yeah what was your ring walk song simply irresistible really <laughs> simply irresistible by um <laughs> what's it called um, robert palmer that's amazing was that your choice no, I was cringing. I love the song. I, I had I had said, you know, at the time it was a great song. You know, what I, mean? I love the song now, um, and I, I'd obviously made reference to that. I love that song. You know, it's a great song. Simply, it was just, it was great. And then, 
I had no idea. And then all of a sudden I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Um, I never had a, I never had a ring one. I'd go into anything, but um, and I'm coming out, and that that was the that was the song, which kind of made me kind of made me chuckle a little bit as you coming out as you coming out as you coming out to the biggest fight in your life, and then simply irresistible comes out. You think, oh, no, that's amazing. It's because you were a model as well, probably. You were strutting down the <laughs> strutting down the catwalk. <laughs> We've got some um, questions from yeah. people who've thrown in. Um, uh, so one is from, in fact, Racer Rec sent in a couple, Racer underscore Rec. Uh, he said, how was it to break the defeated streak back, back in 86 against Joe Adams? And how did you celebrate? Yeah, I celebrated. I don't think there was, a, there was never much celebration. I was fighting fairly often, so and it was all. I mean, I'd lost when I turned. I was I was in uh, light heavy. I was my last amateur fight. I was twelve stone seven, and my when I turned pro in in London with a, a big manager, and he wanted to put me in as a heavyweight, which I was nowhere near a heavyweight. Um, so my career started. I won in the first round. I knocked uh, undefeated heavyweight out in, th in 90 seconds. So that started me on my heavyweight, which which was the beginning of a mistake. You know, I didn't, I should have been late heavyweight. Yeah. Lots more. So um, so I went for a period where I was, I, I, I won my first 13 fights. And, you know, but the fights were just, the amount, fights were getting harder and harder and harder. And then I, they brought me up to Newcastle. I was in London. They brought me up to Newcastle to fight against a local, you know, and it was all, everything was wrong. I was having, I had massive trouble with my girlfriend, my then girlfriend. I had them, um, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of problems. And um, and I lost, I got knocked out, you know, I just was not. And then my manager sort of just sort of said, oh, well, he's not going to make it. We're going to put him in with whoever. So, um, I then fought the European champion. I fought the, the ex-British champion. You know, and it was just I was just getting, and I had, I had didn't I didn't have a trainer and I didn't have a gym. I you know I was just training myself at home. Um, so so and that you know he was just trying to get some money back or whatever, cashing in, thinking I was over. I was only I was only twenty. I was only twenty twenty one. I lost five out of six fights, and then I teamed up with this American guy. Um, or Williford, I teamed up with him, and I, I, I'd get an ill in the meantime. Cruiserweight had come in. I'd get an, I'd get an ill because all I, you know, all they had me doing was stuffing my face, trying to make heavyweight, you know, unnaturally. Um, and I got ill, and I almost had a bug, and I, I threw up for about three days. And then, at the end of it, I'd lost about two stone, and it was just rubbish. It was just, you know, it was like I realized that. Well, I'd always known, but it was kind of like, I'm a, this is what's wrong. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cruiserweight. You know, I'm a cruiserweight. The new division had come in. I'm a cruiserweight. So, so once I'd lost all that, all that weight. Once I, you know, I got rid of him. Then, then it all start. It all start. Um, you know, making sense. And I never lost for quite a long time after that. But it was. Um, 
it was just finding it was just being at the the right weight i mean my biggest problem was i was never looked after my whole career yeah so i went from one mess one mess to another mess yeah. you know had a bit of success in the middle so you didn't even celebrate after your world, world title then after my world title you know what my world title was it was so amazing because the the, the hotelier um who put the porta cameras up you know he had a party um, for us afterwards and I just sat in the days. I just, yeah. I just sat in the days. I was just, it was, it was just, it was, it was amazing, you know, because what could you do to celebrate after that? Yeah, that's true. So that, that was a celebration in itself yeah. was just the most amazing thing. The best, the best celebration we had after fact was when I lost it. When I lost it, we had, we had, because everybody had gone. When I won it, there was hundreds there. When I lost it, there was my friends and family. Oh, yeah, that's... That's all that were there. And yeah. everybody else had gone. And afterwards, in, in the same hotel, we had we had a party, and my friend, who was a singer, sang songs. And it was... And we had a great night. And, and the reason it was great was because the pressure was all off. Yeah. All off, like... They were, you know, they'd been trying to kill me to make weight and all that sort of stuff, and all that pressure was off. And yeah. you know, the manager wasn't even there. The American manager wasn't even there. He he'd gone. I never seen him again. He he took off with my money, and wow. the whole thing was. Um, so it, it it was a bit of a, bit of a disaster. But the people who mattered who were there. That, that. that bad were there. We had we had a great time. We had a great time. You know, it was all the pressure, and I retired. I was twenty five. And as I say, I had to come back to pay, pay bills. Uh, the Pub asks, what was the best fight you've ever commentated on? Barrera Morales, Barrera Morales won. Margot Antonio Barrera Eric Morales won. It was in uh, Las Vegas. It actually, the T-shirt, the T-shirt is hanging, framed in my toilet wall, <laughs> of our toilet wall uh, next door. So I, 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 it's when you saw a, and I've got the T-shirt moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, greatest fight I've ever commentated on. Me and Ian Doc, me and Ian Doc were over in in Vegas at the Mandalay Bay doing that fight, and it seemed rather strange that Sky were doing in the early days of Sky. This is back in two thousand. That were doing a you know two Mexicans that nobody really back in England had heard of. They would do, you know. It, it was it was a great idea to do the fight, but you know we were kind of like. And it was a Mexican holiday. It was a Mexican holiday. So you know, the whole crowd were Hispanic. You know, everybody was um, the whole. You know, there was no British. No, we were the only Brits there. There's nobody else there. It was just so it seemed rather quite odd. Yeah. But, um, it was an amazing fight. From you know, they they just absolutely, you know, fought from pillar to post, and and it was fabulous. Great skills. Absolutely fabulous skills. Fabulous ferocity. And it was just. It was. It was almost. It was one of those where. It's hard to commentate because you're just enjoying it so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, too busy watching. <laughs> you're in, in in kind of awe of yeah. it. It was, um, yeah, it was it was amazing. But I, I mean, so many. You know, I've been blessed that there's been so many great, great fights that I've that I've been ringside for. When I was there, you know, De La Hoya's career was was amazing, and yeah, you know, I mean. All Tyson, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Tyson career, and Lennox, and um, 
you know, amazing. I mean, fabulous folks' career. And, and you know, my last, my last um, big fight was um, to see Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder um, last year. Is it last year now? <laughs> Whatever year it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, last year, last year, uh, the beginning of last year. That was so to see that one, you know, was amazing. Was 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 amazing because that was that was quite the opposite. You know, everybody, everybody who was anybody was at that fight in Vegas last year, and it was just absolutely amazing. And I, I really can't wait for Joshua Fury and um, to be there for that one because that's going to be that's the next the next. Um, Hopefully, huge fight on the calendar. What do you think of, in fact, this is a question from Steve Clark. What do you think of fighters like Mike Tyson returning to the sport? Um, do you know, as I, I, I've got to be careful what I say as I'm talking about doing this. <laughs> but yeah. it's, a, it's a wonderful move. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think uh, I, had, I had the same trepidation I had the same sort of thoughts as anybody would when Roy Jones and Mike Tyson were fighting. I was, you know, I was there. Mike Tyson in his prime. I saw Mike Tyson when he fell from grace and, and you know, at the end of his career, you know, getting beat by fighters that wouldn't be sparring partners. Um, so you know, I, I wondered if it, but you know, what I like was at his age, he got himself into shape. He took it seriously and he put up, you know, a really good fight. And that kind of and that kind of gave me, you know, the motivation when when I was sort of called out to say, you know what, that'd be really good for me. It would be good for me to, to get my to get my head in gear and to get myself sorted out and to you know, and it it's kind of served. Um, please God, it happens, but it's kind of it, it has been really really helpful. I've had the most, had you know, the best few months. Um, from the beginning of the year, you know, the most productive I've had in years. So, um, so if that helped Mike, um, and you know, he seems to be in a much better place these days. Uh, I think it's 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 a good thing if that's, you know, if that got him in shape for a while. Um, I think that that it's a good thing. Um, there's another question from a, a person who I for some reason I can't I think it's like trust trusterics or something like that uh, they say do you empathize with boxers while they're receiving punches or are you anesthetized in the pain oh, do what me yeah uh, they've got to take it it's <laughs> gonna take it haven't they got it. Got to take it if you're in the ring you're in the ring that's what you're there for. you know that's what you're there that's 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 you know that's that's part of the course isn't it yeah, you know, you're not, you know, you don't take a bath without getting wet. So, you know, it's um, I I must admit I struggle with I struggle with the girls, I struggle with the girls. Um, I'm still I'm still a bit old school. Um, mm. though there was a great fight on at the weekend though, but I mean to see, to see the eye um, of of the loser was was um. It was awful, but you know, hey, listen, they, they they trained and they're fit and they're ready and they know exactly what they're doing. So, so um, each to their own. Tony Fincham says, "Do you think that the new generation in boxing want the title too quickly? It seems like some are looking for money rather than glory." Yeah, I think um, 
I think that's that's true in a in a, a large respect. And often fighters, when they do get there, they're not ready. Mm. Uh, you know, and I think when you get there, you want to be ready. You want to have learned your craft. You want to be there to to be able to stay there. Um, so I think you know, there's there's no point in rushing somebody. You've, you, sometimes sometimes they're good enough. You know, sometimes like Lomachenko. He's fighting for world titles in his second fight, you know, but he, he had 367 amateur fights and lost one and avenged that. You know, the guy was a, a genius, double Olympic champion, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's really, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's about the individual. Yeah. But I think I'd rather see fighters prepared. Marvin Hagler was 29 and had had 40 fights or something, you know. Um, but when he got there, he was there and he was untouchable. Uh, so some quick fire questions. What's your favorite strike to use in any fight? My favorite strike, my favorite punch. Yeah. Um, my, my, for me, it would be my left hook. <laughs> or left hook. My left, 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 down, my left hook, my right hand's useless. <laughs> <laughs> so, might as well just have one on, but uh, <laughs> left, <laughs> left hand or... My left jab or my left hook would be would be my punch. But I love to see I love to see a fighter um, with a good jab. A good jab is just it's it's art, it's just an art. It's 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 like a painter just painting painting a masterpiece. When when somebody sticks a beautiful jab out there, a Larry Holmes type jab um, is a thing of beauty. Um, we know that what your ring walk song was uh, for your world title. But what would be your guilty? Sorry. What would be your guilty pleasure ring walk song? Guilty pleasure ring walk song. You know what? I keep thinking. I keep thinking of them. Um, keep thinking of like, if I have the. You maybe just need to put that to your to your um, to your followers. That um, what should I come out to if I fight Roy Jones? Oh yeah. Okay. The suggestions because during my career, I never had that. You know, I never had like the big the big. Yeah. Thing. Um, I, I was privileged to come out. I trained for the Lennox Lewis fight with uh, with the army um, at Catrick. Um, just because I didn't have the money, <laughs> I didn't have the money. They, well, no, they kindly put me up and, and went to training camp with them. I've, I've always had a good, wow. a good, um, good affiliation with the armed forces, and, and they were great. The band, so the band, the band brought me into the ring. <laughs> which That's is amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. The army medical corps took me out. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> ah, uh, biggest inspiration then and now? Biggest inspiration then is, um, is, is the man over there um, who, who I got to see. If you, you can, can you see it? Because again, over in the bottom wall there, Muhammad Ali. Oh, just Muhammad Ali legend. was, and that's me. That's me with him at nineteen when he's got his he's got his, his his fist up to my face, and he's pulling the face. And I boxed in front of him um, about my fifth fight, and he's just you know he's the reason I box, and yeah, I just absolutely just adore the man and everything he meant and everything he stood up for, and just just a you know the greatest and. Um, and I boxed in front of him, and after the fight, he asked to see me. And Jobs is there with the old promoter from Wembley said, uh, McCrory, put your boots back on. Muhammad Ali wants to meet you. 
and he was, which, which, I mean, it's just amazing that Ali wanted to meet me and, and he was fantastic. And he said I'd be world champion. And, and that's kind of what got me through my bad patch because he he was always right. And he said, mark my words, mark my words, you'll be, you'll be champion of the world. And he was he was absolutely fabulous. And I think it, there's a lesson to be sort of learned there. Like that changed my life. And, and you know, I stuck with his words through thick and through thick and thin because he said that and I believed in I believed in what he said. But to have to have a celebrity of his magnitude take time to want to see me was just that's why that's why he's the greatest. You know, what what a what a thing. And you know, it it, it changed my life. You know, it got me to be world champion. So um it's great when it, sometimes sports people um all people but definitely definitely sports uh, men and women don't realize often what a pull they've got over over youngsters and how much how much something bad said you know if a kid goes for an autograph and they say no yeah that can destroy a young that can destroy a young person and so they have a real responsibility to, to make sure they try and they try and um, they try and help and 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 tutor and 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 you know even even just a, a pat on the head or something you know it really makes an awful lot of difference yeah i totally agree with that and i mean i think we're seeing that quite a lot in sport at the moment aren't we it's it's um you know being used in some really positive ways with the black lives matter and and various different movements like that which has been brilliant because i think people are acknowledging that it's such a global platform isn't it and such a way to reach out to people. And so on a global level and on an individual level, it, it impacts people in such a big way. Very much so, very much so. And, and you know, uh, during these times, it, it's, it's well needed. It has been good to see, um, it's been good to see so many people, um, you know, coming out and talking uh, during the pandemic, coming out and talking. Yeah. And doing stuff, doing stuff to 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 try and help other people because um you know that that's great. You've kind of you kind of I've kind of got a sense. Also, we've all we've seen in everybody's um, nursery and everybody's little man cave. <laughs> um, we've, we've seen the the real side of people, which which I quite I quite like. You know, I like this I like to sort of see um, people at home and yeah. You've 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 got a sense of you know, you have getting a sense of, of we're all we're all Together. we're all the same. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of brought everybody down to earth a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, I um, definitely. It's, it's awfully, but it, it has it has brought everybody everybody down to earth. Yeah, uh, and finally, my <laughs> fiance would not let me finish this without saying. Please, will you train him? He is obsessed with boxing. If he ever, if he's ever up in the northeast of England, he can pop along anytime he wants, and, uh, and I'll certainly put him through through his place. I told you that he used to look after Derek Chisora, didn't I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah very. Obviously good. not as a as a boxing coach, but he's oh, a sports coach. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, um, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, I, I you know, I that, that also your fighters. Fighters need all that sort of advice as well, you know. They need, 
I'm, yeah. I'm, a boxing, I'm a boxing man. You know, I, if you if you if you come to me, you know, if a fighter comes to me out of shape, it's like, you know, go and get in shape and then come yeah. back. So I'm 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 not a I'm not so you know I mean obviously I, I can get you fit, but as a boxing trainer, you know I want to I only want to deal with fit people. Yeah. That I want to deal with with top class fighters. Yeah. And, and and help them, but um, yeah I mean getting somebody in getting somebody in shape you know taking somebody from scratch and getting them into physical condition is is you know an art. The mental side as well with Carlos, which I, I think now more so than ever before, people sort of a, a acknowledge their need for having a, a more of a mental coach as well, don't they? As a as a trainer and a physical. Very much so. I mean, you've got to you've got to. I mean, I'm all for you've got to leave sort of no no stone unturned when when you're looking when you're looking to be the very best. Um, you've got to try and you've got to try and pull pull it, as many experts in. Or, or the right the right people it's it's getting that right combination you know because in in boxing and training you know as as the guy did with me you know one line can change a fight one word can change your fight uh, angelo dundee when sugar ray leonard was getting beat off tommy hearns you know he, he just grabs him and looks at him and says you're blowing it sir and you can tell you know he's telling them like He's telling them heartfelt, you're blowing it. And Len went out and, and threw about 60 punches and stopped Tommy Hearns just after 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 that one line. And it's it's so important. You know, that that's so important, as well as everything else, having having and that's about knowing who you're who you're training and knowing who's there, knowing what you've got to know what motivates them, what what is gonna fire them up. To go out there and walk through flames, and Brendan Ingram was brilliant at that because his fighters—he had a way of getting his fighters to do whatever it took. You know, he—they really believed in him, and that—that is—that is paramount. Fighters have to trust you. I didn't trust any of my guys, any of them, and and yet you gotta—I mean, I trusted Alan, who's, who's the assistant coach, you know, with my life, but he, you know, he's a lovely, lovely guy. You know, but he he wasn't a professional coach. You know, but I knew he would he would if I was getting beat, he'd tell me. You know, if I was winning, he'd tell me. He wouldn't he wouldn't try and bullshit me. You know, he he'd tell me the truth. But um, but you just need like like all walks of life in business. If you you know if you start a business, get the best people. Yeah. Is there anything hey, that we haven't? Yeah, done? Is he in? Is he in? Is your way working? Yeah, he's in Imola. Where's that? Uh, Italy. They've got their it? Italian second round this weekend. So. Oh, right, right. Oh, very good. Very yeah. good. Very good. And when are you back to work? I My first round for touring car is in June at the Nürburgring. Um, that'll be my first main gig, I think. And then I think maybe some bits and bobs before then, if it turns yeah. up. But I'm not pushing too much at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think we've got a few shows starting the end of May with a new um, Dennis Hobson, who's, who's got a new channel called Fight Zone. Okay. So I'm going to be commentating for them. Oh, nice. So that's going to be good. But um, I just want to get Roy Jones in the ring. So what date is Roy Jones meant to be? Early 26th of June. But that's looking more and more late because that's just five days. 
this is the third days after lockdown supposed to yeah of course and we have no idea of what sort of capacity would be allowed so that's, no. that's looking more that's looking less and less likely so well i hope that it does go ahead though even if it's postponed yeah i hope, I hope it does i mean only just uh, you know it's not a comeback by any means you know after all kind of that but just to have just to have that one last uh, one last sort of closure you know yeah. just to sort of close close it on you know with a great name and and uh, that'd be fun and what was it your cut said just knock him out so there we are that's what i'm saying to you just knock him out sorry Roy. just knock this sucker out just knock him out <laughs> That's my advice to you. Thank you very much, and do it in the first round. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> Early days. Brilliant. Thanks so um, much. Really you. Best tomorrow goes well. Ah, thank you. It's playing a bare knuckle fighter. So. But I, 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 I've got to read the script on the way down. I haven't read the script yet. So. Yeah. yeah. What's your plan for the rest of the day, Glenn? The rest of the day, well, I'm up early tomorrow morning, so it'll not be nothing. Well, lockdown, isn't it? <laughs> what is the plan, Alex? I went for a nice walk today. The sunshine, but but I don't know. I really don't know. Um, well, get your butt outside and go. Yeah, just do no, it. I think I will go another go and have another walk. How much walking can we do? I know. <laughs> oh man, it is. Um, no, I, I, you know, I've got tomorrow's, and now I get my kids. I get my kids on um, Friday, so I have the kids till Sunday. Nice. That's always fun and games. Um, they're six and eight, and they're they're um, they're they're great. They're really good. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for being so honest and open. It's been an incredible chat. Well, I can see why you're so good at what you do because you're, you're, you're it's, it's very engaging to talk to. So thank you so much, Alex, and, and God bless you. Thanks, Glenn. Take care. Bye. Bye.